Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we throw beanbags at a horse, 1d6 lightning bolts at a time. No, no effect. Uh, by Groomash, I override you interrupting my intro. Uh, today, we're going to be covering rampant live-action role-playing. I think it's our fourth LARP, uh, and this one's probably the most traditional of the LARPs, the one that is what you picture when you hear the word LARP, and it's super boring, and I cannot wait to get into it on today's System Mastery. Welcome back. It's System Mastery. I'm your host, Jeff, joined as always by my charming companion, John. Aw. Yeah. Oh, look got, at that. You got a lot of charm to you. Aw. Yeah. Uh, you're also the, the co-host of the show. Or That's Aww. right. No, co-host Boo. is right. We're both the co-host. It's just, it just yeah. implies that we are the cooperative hosts of the show. We are co-hosting. Yeah. So, Two of us. I mean, I, I'm also the co-host. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to deny it. I'm just the person who talks first. That's that's literally my only job. Please, that's please, it. please don't take that from me. You're the one that talks first mm-hmm. and worst, <laughs> and most often. <laughs> oh, hey, John. Oh, hey, Jeff. Hey, did you know that sometimes people send us money so that we will read things for them right here on the air? I did, and it's my favorite thing. It is because then it means we have money. It means we get a little bit more money, which is so nice. It's so nice. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I'll treat myself and get a big soda. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's a good treat. I've never seen you to drink a small soda though. Like, oh yeah. Like well, in, in the, the years I've known you, basically the only time I get a small soda is if I'm at the place and I'm just gonna stay there. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm eating in at a restaurant and it's not a restaurant that's like. We're a sit-down restaurant. There isn't a different size of drink. Mm-hmm. But if it's like sort of a fast food place, but we're also going to stay there, then I'll get a small one because I can just go refill. That's true. That's true. I guess I have seen you get a small soda then. Yeah. I, I stand corrected despite the fact that I am sitting. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. I'll st- I can stand if you want. It's just I'll have to move a bunch of... Oh, I don't want you to stand because okay, it's going to sound weird. you got to uh, yeah. move the mic. Move a bunch of junk around. It's not... It's not oh, real- you got to move a bunch of junk around. <laughs> I mean, that's... Um, okay, anyway, so well, every once in a while, someone will send us what we call the Announcement Mastery, which you can find on our website. Uh, you just click on the button that says, give us some money, and Announcement Mastery is one of the ways in which you can do that. Yes, indeed. And then we'll read what you want on the air, as long as it's under a certain number of minutes, and it's not offensive to us <laughs> Yeah, as long as it's way. not just horrible. Yeah. Thankfully, no one's ever tried to get us to read a horrible thing, so... No, but, you know, it's nice to have the disclaimer in there. It's it's a good idea, yeah. Uh, so, oh, by the way, if you do send us $50 in something horrible, we're keeping your $50. Yeah. I think that's just... It goes without saying, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, even though I have said it. Anyway, let's get started with this one. Here we go. Uh, this one's just from a listener. Ooh, a just listener. A listener. And the listener says... I wanted to make a shout-out to System Mastery. Oh, that's nice. Ah, yeah, yeah, this one's for yeah, us. Pay us money in order to yeah. be nice to, to us? be nice to us? That's oh, weird. No I, one's I, ever nice to I us. I don't know how to deal with these kinds of things. <laughs> Recently, my girlfriend had a common surgery, but this was the first time we'd faced a medical issue as a couple, and it was stressful. We got through it with our friends, our family, and each other, but also System Mastery. Heck yeah. Uh, when when I was trying to relax, I went through old game podcasts, a tour of the strange and the odd and the wonderful. It was like having two friends shoot the breeze with you. So thanks to Jeff and John for all you do. To all the listeners thinking of doing your own podcasts, remember you can make a difference. And uh, to Julie, I love you. Aw. Aw, that's so sweet. Aww. 
I really wish I could say who this was, but it's just a listener. Yeah. Just a listener. Aw, mm-hmm. that's that's so nice. Yeah, let's just say it's from a T. Cruz. <laughs> uh, Actually, you know what? That's too obvious. Everyone's going to do it. We'll, we'll call him a Tom C. There we go. That's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it always feels weird to me because we've gotten, I would say a couple times where someone has sent us like a message or something and been like, Hey, I was having a really rough time. You guys helped me. Mm -hmm. And it always makes me feel really good, but I have no idea how to respond to it because I'm always (laughs) just like, good i'm i'm glad i'm i don't want to fuck anything up for you hopefully we're still good okay i'm gonna back away now i i hope we're still good you don't hate us let's keep it parasocial (laughs) anyway uh thanks system mastery for battling stress one d6 at a time yay there you go that's a that's just a a wonderful little message that makes me feel good and you're right i have that same problem where i mean i i I didn't necessarily get into this to make people feel better i got into this because bad movie podcast felt like there was that it felt like there was an opening but, but now I mean, we've been doing I, it long enough i've had the same thing where yeah. there have been times you know most people know i struggle with depression mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there have been times where you know shows that i have been part of i'm like yeah having that consistency and that sort of connection to a thing it helps That's, and the fact that we can be that for someone is amazing to me yeah no it's fantastic i've been I, ever since i started feeling comfortable enough to like talk about being bi on the show as well uh, that's, I, I've gotten a lot of friendly messages from people that make me feel the, the same way where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I never thought that just me being like, I like dicks would be, <laughs> would be, would be like a heartfelt message for people. <laughs> Look, yesterday you were talking about how much you love sucking dick and I was just like, yeah, good. I can go on. <laughs> it made me feel like maybe I could be a slovenly weirdo who loves dicks. <laughs> you can, buddy. You've got L- it in you. Listen to me, everybody. I mean, the, the means to do that, not necessarily dicks. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to the regular show. Thanks, a listener. Uh, so we have rampant live action role playing in our hands today. Uh, I don't remember where the hell we even got this one. Do you remember where this one came from? Uh, this was one of the finds from the local game store. Oh, this is a local store? Okay. I thought this might have been a Gen Con pickup. No, I'm yeah. pretty sure that was one of the ones we got uh, from the local store that was just like, oh, hey, they got in a new load of used books, and here we go. Hmm? And this is the fourth edition of Rampant, so this has been going on for a while, apparently. First printing, 1992. This printing looks like 2003. Wow. So they, they were not successful. They, they went, yeah, they, they, they burned bright on these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is based on what I think is a novel series and not on an, a non-live-action role-playing game. Uh, the the novel series in question, I don't even know what it's called, but it's apparently set on the mythical world of Patalamar. Yeah. Maybe, is there also a role-playing game that is not a LARP? I have no idea, because yeah. nothing I read in here was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. This is a thing. You'll find references to this in the core book. This book doesn't do that kind of stuff. No. Uh and in the intro, I, I, I said that this is kind of the, like the traditional, what you think of as a LARP. I don't know if that's actually true for a lot of people. I feel like there's there's gradiated levels of LARP awareness. This is, I would say, what non-gamers would think when you say LARP, and if they knew what LARP sort of meant. Yeah. Because the, I feel like the gaming community, if you say LARP, 
immediately goes to like vampire like vampire yeah because that's going to be basically the biggest most prevalent version of larping that's around yeah that's but if you don't you're going to think of some video you remember from you know 10 years ago where it was back when a YouTube... teen in a robe yelling lightning bolt and throwing <laughs> beanbags that was back when youtube had seven videos on it yeah yeah that you was... remember some video where a kid was like lightning bolt lightning bolt lightning bolt sleep yeah that's what that's what this is this this book might as well have been the inspiration for that gag video yeah um so like john was saying basically if you have any kind of basic awareness of gaming then you're like oh larp which one because maybe you're doing some sort of vampire thing maybe you're doing a one-off that's like oh 16th century court uh, politics oh yeah i mean that's i mean all i've ever really seen is a lot of vampire Mm -hmm. and people doing some one-off story where they're like oh we're doing a like this is a group of survivors in an apocalypse that are all together and Mm -hmm. you're all in the same warehouse or this is like you say it's some court intrigue whether it's you know real world or fantasy or yeah things like that or uh yeah or or things that are basically werewolf yeah or or mafia but this is full-on boffer combat Mm mm-hmm Hucking beanbags. You have to yell out what your damage is if you hit a dude. I love that. That that, that combat isn't just done by like, okay, strike renders the arm that it hits useless or whatever, but you actually have to shout your amount of damage dealt in combat at any given time. Yeah. God. It I is, mean, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting thing to read. No, going through this, not so much the setting, which is just, hey, have you ever heard of fantasy? Here it is. Also, there's cat people and fish people and lizard people. Yeah, uh, and and water guys. Yeah, the fish people. Oh, oh, that's right. You were calling them fish people. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, because they lay eggs. Yeah, they do. Oh, gosh, that's right. They do. And if you don't lay an egg, then you have a year's worth of a penalty to your strength. Now, speaking of the the layout of the book is basically there's a page telling you that this is on the far off realm of Patalamar, where men are heroes and so on. And there's almost no information given before they get into character creation, which is just a list of races with a an inscrutable list of what each race gets as bonuses because they haven't explained anything else about the game yet. Yeah. I mean, it does also have a little section in the beginning about like religion in rampant. Please no, do not worship any of these gods. If one of your players shows up to your game and appears to actually believe in this, have a talk with them. I mean, granted this book is, we might as well get this elephant out out of the room. This is a book with photographs instead of art. Of course, obviously. Like a lot of LARP books. Um, we have another one sitting around that's... Uh, Do we ever cover Cyber Generation AF? No, we did uh, the Cthulhu one, okay. we did Nexus, and we've done the like, Mind's Eye. I feel like we may have we have a forgotten one in there, too, because Cyber Generation AF is basically cyberpunk but LARP, but it was so dorky, and we I think we did cover it at one point. I mean, if it was, it wasn't LARP. Uh, we, I think it was. I, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, this is basically the, the reason you wouldn't find yourself wanting to worship the gods in this book is because all the all everything's done with photographs. All the gods in these books are just pictures of the people who wrote or, or played the game in the book, standing around in their dumpy like middle school play costumes and holding up floating icons of their godhood. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's some stuff. <laughs> I am Dunbar, god of dwarves and mining, and like, no, your name is Terry, and you have sleep apnea. <laughs> Uh, I feel you, Terry. I feel you. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, 
don't want to worship you either. I mean, <laughs> well, you're you very shouldn't. charming. <laughs> don't don't worship me. Look, kids, I'm not a role model. Don't do what I do. No, no. John John is like a god, and that he he works in mysterious ways, and you can never tell if he did anything or not. It's true. Yeah. My hand is subtle. (laughs) (laughs) When there was only one set of footprints on the beach, it's because John hates the beach and was at home. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, the book, like you were saying, wastes no time getting into character creation. And it's just like, hey, think of uh, a character you want to play and then slap a race on him. Yeah. Because the whole thing is like, figure out what your motivation is and Mm -hmm. why you're doing things and Who's your friend? And hubba hubba hubba. Money, money, money. <laughs> Who, Who do, do you, you trust? trust? <laughs> and where's the bat? <laughs> He's at home. Oh, washing his tights so that he can come LARP. Yeah, because obviously you need tights to LARP. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Um, so the first thing you learn about the races is, is that you have to maintain a visual representation of what species you are at any given time in order to be treated as a member of that species. Uh, they also make a point of noting that all the species are roughly human-sized, even if traditionally they would not be, and you can determine the, the species that would normally be sort of stocky or short by other physical characteristics that players of that, that species must represent at all times. Yeah, so, I mean, they have dwarves in this, and they have, like, a Hobbit-esque race. Everything mm-hmm. you would normally have in fantasy, but they're like, oh, everyone's just human-sized, but they have distinguishing characteristics. Yeah. So if you want to play, for example, as a dwarf in this game, you have to wear a fake beard at all times. Or I guess a real beard is also probably acceptable. I don't know. Yeah, the thing is, it says, oh, you have to have a beard, real or fake, mm-hmm. you know, male or female, whatever it is, you always have a beard if you're a dwarf. Yeah. But then I kept wondering, okay, but what if I'm playing a human and I have a beard? Are people going to come up to me and be like, oh, hey, you're a dwarf? And I'll be like, oh, no, I've just got a beard and I'm a human. <laughs> I mean, I get why they did that, because dwarf beards are like sort of a trope yeah. in, in, in uh, role-playing games. And specifically, do female dwarves have beards? Yes. In, in some stories and in other stories, they don't. And I'm not actually a huge fan of it because I find it is often an excuse for, like, trans panic jokes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm usually, I, I usually say I don't care whether they do or don't, and you do, you decide, player. <laughs> if you want your dwarf to have beard, yeah. have beard. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. But forcing it on other players is the worst. So, because uh, that's an old-fashioned trope. Uh... Uh, but the other one is really great. If you want to play as this this game's halflings, <laughs> the ki- they're called the Kithka, uh, which is interesting, given that the halflings of Magic the Gathering are the kith kin. Indeed. So close. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, it's not that interesting. It's just because kith and kin is a uh, an old-fashioned way of describing your, like, family and home. Yep. Uh, but, but the kithka are... Here's the thing. Without being short, halflings are just barefoot, lazy drunks. Yeah, because you read it, and it's like, oh, what are halflings? Oh, they don't like to go out much, and they just... Stay at home and drink a lot of beer and, and get fat. Get and they fat and they've got a unibrow and they're kind of hairy. And I'm like, oh man, just, this is like the uncle you're embarrassed about as a race. <laughs> it's a whole race of fat dumps and you're fat just dwarfs. And you're just like, like I, I guess the shortness normally. I mean, granted, that is very like second edition or, or before Dungeons and Dragons equivalent to what the halfling is. Well, where the halfling was like, these little fellows are charming and would never go on an adventure. They stay in their hobbity holes and eat pancakes all day long. Well, yeah, I mean, that's when it was really much more hobbit than a halfling. Mm-hmm. But 
the <laughs> with the hobbits and the halflings, at least you're like, oh, they they're adorable though. Yeah, like the fact that they are like just sort of common folk and walking around, and they look like little little fat kids, and they're great. You're like, oh, that's kind of charming. But the second you scale them up, you're like, oh, you're just a drain on society. <laughs> Get a job, halfling. Yeah, the, at a certain point of scaling a halfling up towards human size, you start populating his lawn with cars that don't work. It's it's amazing how that operates. Yeah. <laughs> In other- order to show everyone else that you are a kith, you have to have a unibrow and a trucker hat. <laughs> the... <laughs> the racial armor of this entire race is the wife beater (laughs) yeah it's a tank top that shows skinner tour dates uh uh so the other fun thing before we move on from the halfling is it mentions that in the current third age of talamar history the only kithka left alive in the world all live in a single village south of some the I'm not going to remember the names of the the couple little references to history in this book the blibbity blah mountains and it's rumored that they are all cannibals. Great. The only thing that people know about these guys is they're cannibals. <laughs> Good. Now, the question is, does that mean they eat other of their own species? Mm-hmm. Or is it any sentience? Like- I mean, you run into that problem a lot when you're doing fantasy RPG writing is forgetting that you've you've created a species that throws your your basic words into question yeah if you're like oh they're cannibals and everyone's like yeah that means something very different in a world with 13 sentient species <laughs> yeah there's a there's a very specific thing that cannibal means because we only have one of us yeah uh but the, you know, the book doesn't answer it in fact that sentence about how the halfling the kithka are cannibals is a one-off and is never referenced before or again no uh, every other reference to the kithka is Oh, these are slovenly dopes who like to drink beer and live in a house. It's like, what if Dopey from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was tall and drunk and went to football games and went to the footy? <laughs> Kick the bloody ball. <laughs> uh, what, what if Dopey was actually six feet tall and supported Manchester United? <laughs> but not his kids. <laughs> Fuck you, Britain. <laughs> Uh, so let's get into some of the other species that you can choose to play as. Yeah, there's the Aeon. Yeah, the Aon, or however you want to say it. The, it's Aeon. It's Aeon. It gives you a pronunciation. Okay. Yeah, the Aeon. Oh, yeah, look at that. Aeon are a reclusive race. They're bird people. They're not that interesting. They're bird people. Yeah, they're Ex- bird people. They have they have hollow bones. <laughs> yeah. They, uh... <laughs> let's see. They're better uh, at wilderness skills. They can automatically run away from a battle once a day. Uh, they start the game with, with less karma than, or more karma than everyone yeah, else. Yeah, they can't... I think these are the ones that can't be magic, but they're very good at being priests. Yes, because that's exactly right. the game's spell casting thing is manana is to cast spells, mm-hmm. and karmama is to cast cleric spells. Yeah, stuff. and then there's like two kinds of magic ooze or, or well, because the whole game is LARPing, you, you need to have physical representations of almost everything in the game to kind of prove that you're playing correctly. So they invented two called I think Korma and Pente, which are just like magic. Blocks. Well, that's that's uh just like an actual like yeah spendable thing yeah it's fizz reps they're they're physical representations of actual things you can spend in the game are they just currency yeah okay I thought they're like magical currency uh the ah uh, are also our first foray Aeon. into the Aeon. Uh, the the, the uh, eyes yeah <laughs> I keep I see a apostrophe a and I just think about lava ah it's not my fault I mean you might have had a species in here called the Pahoy- Pahoyhoyans. 
They're all rich. They're very rich. Yeah. The Aeons are the first foray that this book's going to make of a couple into, you know, kind of sucking in air through your teeth, wish they would have thought about the connotations. Yeah, because they're like, oh, what do you need to do to be physically representative of being an Aeon? Oh, you need to wear a feathered headdress. Ooh, maybe (laughs) think about that for a hot second before you tell your players to do that. Uh, They also need to wear colorful facial makeup, so get some stripes and war paint on there. Underneath your feathered headdress. That's how everyone will know you're a bird man. Uh, Yeah, so that's going to happen a few times as you make your way through the book. It's just sort of a a blundery foray into the world of should have thought about that. Give that a just a once over in your mind real quick. It's a good old game written by white people for white people and with the expectation that no one else would ever read it. <laughs> even even as white dudes, we're still like, ah, ah. hold on. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Please don't. Flocks no. <laughs> so yeah, these guys have fragile physiques. They are they have less HP than everyone else and there you go. Uh we already talked a little bit about the dwarves. They get they they're hardy. They're hardy, their weapon skills are cheaper, they're good at mining, blah, blah, blah. You know what dwarves are. Yeah, they're just standard dwarves, but they're tall. Except now they're six feet tall. Uh, then we get into the elves, of which there are three or four varieties. Uh, the first one being the the obvious problem elf. I'm sure I don't even really need to keep talking. Uh, the dark elf. There is the dark elf, which they decided to be just straight up drow. Mm-hmm. They're just drow. They're... Uh, <laughs> They're they're slightly hardier than everyone else. They start the game with extra magic points, but they suck in sunlight. Mm-hmm. Like all of their bonuses sort of go away, and they get penalties. Can't use two handed weapons. They prefer dual wielding. And in order to ref- uh, to physically represent yourself as a dark elf, players must wear pointed costume ears and wear blackface makeup while in play. Now there's a space there, but come on, blackface makeup. <laughs> hey, that's just an inflection difference. <laughs> <laughs> Also, there's a lot of pictures of them. <laughs> yeah. They were a popular choice. Yep. There was uh, there was definitely a few people who were like, ooh, I'm into this. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because they will do anything they can to get away with not putting the makeup anywhere but their face. Because mm-hmm. they're all just wearing like black turtlenecks and long sleeves mm-hmm. and pants and gloves. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll represent this by having clothing on the rest of it. Obviously, I have to wear blackface, though. Yeah, I mean, that's versatility. I'm sorry, blackface makeup. There you go, black face face makeup. makeup. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and they do everything you would normally expect Drow to do. They they live in caverns underneath major cities, they're schemy, and they don't come out unless it's nighttime. And also, they're all evil, except for all the player ones, which are all chaotic good. (laughs) They all got panthers. Yeah, common names include Drizzle and Rizlet. (laughs) Ah, Rizlet. <laughs> uh, then you got high elves. They are so boring that I'm going to move on. You've also got wood elves. Which are wood elves. It's just high elves, the magic elves. Wood elves, the archer elves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if you want to know what you have to look like in order to be them, high elves need to wear pointed costume ears and wear white face makeup. They actually have to put on uh, pancake cake makeup. The thing is, for both, because it's not your full face, for the... Uh, high elf and the wood elf. You have to accentuate your eyes. It's just like, you know, putting on the football <laughs> glare resist stuff, mm-hmm. except if you're a high elf, you just take white streaks and put it like under your eyes. And if you're a wood elf, it's just some color that isn't white. Yeah. 
Oh, and also, I, I forgot to mention this about the Aeons. In order to make them look otherworldly, the photograph of the Aeons is the de- is the negative. Um, I don't know. Did you, you you saw that right? I mean, look at that. Oh yeah, it's to make his to make the guy's feather headdress look extra glowy. But they just used the negative, which is kind of cheating. I feel like seeing as how you actually had to interact with that guy in the fucking woods Ugh. in order to take the photo. Uh, and then there's half elves. They are also just aggressively boring. Um, they they start slightly weaker than everyone else. They have to wear pointed costume ears. They don't have to wear any particular type of makeup. They're good at both being mages and priests and rogues and bards. Yeah, yeah, they're just good. Uh, half orcs. They have to you have to wear prominent lower canines or tusks and green face paint while in play. Yeah, I I seen a few of the half orc players because mm-hmm. there's also plenty of pictures of like NPC bad guy orcs that are just fucking rubber Halloween masks. Mm-hmm. But I gotta wonder, man, those the teeth that they've got the little. Yeah, tusks. they've got like half orc under uh, or Warcraft lower jaw orc teeth. How often do you think someone tries to talk and those just fall immediately out? <laughs> I feel like you have to just be like take them out to talk. Like you just have them in there, and then someone's like, "Hey, how doth thou do?" And you're like, "Hold on, bunk, hail and well met." Hi, I'm a half orc. Anyway, let me just put these back in. Yeah, hold, uh, pause. Rampant judge, that guy took his teeth out. Welcome to the kingdom of Talmud. I will thrice smite thee for my copper. Man, although you could just be like, yeah, of course I took my teeth out. That's currency for us. Mm -hmm. We're orcs. (laughs) We're real orky. I lost my teeth in a boxing accident years ago. These are dentures. I'm very sensitive about it. Thank you. Uh, they have the ability Thick Skull, which just makes them better at not being taken out with sneak attacks, uh, because everything that's just a regular thing in D&D has a weird physical representation in this game. Uh, sneak attacks are called waylays, and you have to sneak up behind someone and give them a bonk on the on the back and be like, I waylay you for three times. <laughs> and then you have to be like, no, guard, or whatever. Uh, but if you're... These guys are better at not taking damage from waylays because of their thick skulls. That's literally all that ability does. Great. Uh, they're bad at everything, though. They can't write. They can't do magic. They can't do ritual magic. They have less skills than everyone else. They hey. can go into a berserker rage once a, d- a day, which in this game is uh, the berserker rage is you get plus one damage, but you can't stop attacking until you can't. You have line of sight to no one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> Hobgoblin popping up next. Yeah, uh, another gobbles. Uh, the hobgobs ha- are another one where they just used a, a negative photo image to kind of convey an otherworldliness, uh, which is useful because otherwise there's nothing about these guys that are interesting. They have to wear gray or red face paint while they're in play. Uh, the image would suggest that they're just lunatics. Yeah. Um, here, I'll show it to you. One of them, uh, it, the, the woman just looks like a woman who has unfortunately been caught with a negative photo. Uh, the dude looks like Nikali from Street Fighter V. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's basically just, hey, we're we're just folks, and we painted ourselves gray. All yeah. right. Uh, they're they have more hit points than everyone else. They're bad at magic, both kinds, uh, and they are good at being rogues. And there you have it. They're evil, greedy little bastards who no one likes, but they get the job done. All right. <laughs> humans. There are humans. They're humans. Anyway, the Igna. The those are the uh, lizard folk. Mm-hmm. 
trying to evoke the verbal equivalent of iguana, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but just igna. Uh, they live on volcanic islands. They have fire themes to them. Uh, they are good at resisting fire. They have extra strength. In, in this game, you actually do have a couple of stats that you need to know because you're it's LARPy, but the, the primary one is just really strength, so you know how much damage to announce when you hit someone. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple little representations of, like, strength or intelligence, but it's mostly there to be like, uh, this just adds damage to your attack or your spell or whatever. These guys start with almost the least skill points of any one of the species, but they get... They resist damage, they resist fire, they have natural armor, they have extra hit points, and they, they are plus one strength. So oh, yeah. if, you're, if your goal was to go out into the woods for a weekend and beat people up with foam sticks, this is a good choice. <laughs> but you do have to paint scales on yourself. Yeah, you have to wear a bald skull cap or be bald. And then I wonder if all the way bald is the only one. Now, what happens if someone shows up to your game and they're bald and have a beard and they're a human? (laughs) But I mean, how bald are we talking? Like if you show up with a standard like Robert Picardo grade, like Ringo hair. Oh, yeah. If you get the Picard going. Yeah. Is that good enough or no? Who knows? I think it's full bald because you're supposed to be a lizard. Uh, But it's not just that. You have to wear the bald skull cap or be bald. And then you also have to be covered with makeup depicting orange and red scales. Indeed. Now, it doesn't look like the people in the picture filled it in. They just sort of did the scale, like, marking, and then just didn't make them full red scales. They just did outlines. Yeah, they basically were like, hey, what does the thing look like? Just do that to my face and nowhere else. (laughs) I want you to do the thing to my face. (laughs) Oh, it's not the Kithka. It's the Kesta. Ah, the Kesta. Uh, The Kesta are just the halflings, jolly people, often with furry hands and feet, and always having a single furry eyebrow across their forehead. These prankish folk often settle near others. There is one settlement. (laughs) It's not near anyone else. No one knows who they are. The people who wrote the beginning of this description did not read the end of it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so they're good at being rogues. They're good at picking pockets. They have luck. But they have to eat twice as much food as everyone else. Yeah. And uh, they have way less hit points than everyone else, so they're kind of they're kind of rough. Eh. Yeah. Oh, and to represent that the species should have been short, their weapons have to be 80% the size of regular weapons. Yeah, it's a weird thing where they were just like, yeah, and your, your weapons are smaller. Why? How do you fucking enforce that anyway? Because all the weapons are just weapons you you made yourself and brought with you. If they're like, yeah, that, that longsword should be, you know, 80% the size it is right now, you could be like, no, because this is his weapon that is a representation of a 20% larger than normal longsword for his species. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's because there are actual length rules for various weapon types. That is true. So if you're like, oh, this weapon is 46 inches and I'm calling it, you know, a long sword. You go, oh, well, the maximum length for that is 46 inches, which means you're like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the last species is the Kithras. The Kithras. They're fish people who have to lay eggs. They all look like Namor. Uh, <laughs> in order to look like one of these, you, you have to wear makeup to represent gill slits on your cheeks. And iridescent blue, silver, or aquamarine face paint must be worn while in play. Yeah. Uh, Their racial limitations are the following. They have 22 starting character points where humans have 25, and they have asexual reproduction once per year. 
Yay. Which I think is literally you are forced once a year during playing this game to go lay eggs. <laughs> what it is is they give you an egg, you have to name it, and you carry it around. <laughs> and the egg is represented by a bag of flour with a smiley face on it. <laughs> if you lose it or any harm comes to it, you get an F. <laughs> Oh, their bonuses are that they have better hit points, uh, they can breathe underwater, and they start the game with one pick in swimming. Yeah. And I'm sure we will talk about picks after we talk about the Shalorians. Ah, the Shalorians. <sighs> Players, this is the cat species. Players must wear whiskers and a tail while in play. Other cat-like features are optional. Yeah, except, man, it was not for the dude they got in this picture. <laughs> This guy is ready to be in Cats. This dude looks like if Zach Wilde fell into some face paint. <laughs> he is so ready to get put on oh, the main stage. Except Zach Wilde is tall. Uh, okay, they, they have they have bet more hit points. Basically, that's so you can tell whether or not something's supposed to be a warrior race. Uh, they have automatic claws as a personal weapon, but they can't learn the claw skill because they are already good at their natural claws. Uh, they're better at being rogues and, arm, and, and uh, fighters than most. But they are terrible at being alchemists, rogues, pickpockets, crafters. They need twice as much food as everyone, but they... Well, yeah, because they have claws, they're like, oh, anything that requires delicate handwork, uh, you you have a penalty to because in any sort of stress, your claws will pop out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's all the species that you can play as. At this point, the game pivots directly into the skill system. Uh, The skill system uses what are called picks, which... You might call ranks in another in another game, except they I mean, normally when you think of ranks or levels or anything in a skill in any game, you're normally thinking of it from the tabletop perspective of, oh, I'm going to roll and add that to a roll. Yeah. Well, in this case, it's more like a it's gatekeeping mechanism. Well, it's it's mostly you have to get certain amounts to get certain other things, but also when you are attempting to do something, uh, the randomization instead of dice is a bag that has uh, like one white stone and five black stones, and you have to pick the white stone to get a success. Mm-hmm. And for every pick you have, you get to have another pick from the bag. This is not optimal. Optimal. I mean, I, I, when I first read that, I was like, are you sure Are you sure that picks don't just increase the number of white stones in the bag so that this doesn't take forever? No, because no. you can get like Ten. 15 yeah. picks and something if you really want. Yeah, you can go heavy into like, oh, I'm, I'm very good at picking pockets. Oh, except picking pockets is a physical skill. Picks do something else with pick pockets. But if you're like, I'm very good at read languages for example and you find some runes and you're like i have 10 picks and read languages that means you can try to for the one you can basically roll a d6 10 times in a row and try and get a six except that in this case other than just picking up the die and rolling it again you have to kind of reset it well yeah you have to put your stone back in there shake the bag go back in yeah and of course you have to make sure that there are no like touchable differences between the white and black stones because if someone's got 15 picks they're putting their hand in there enough to eventually start going like oh this feels like one i've picked before oh yeah i mean i've had my hands in and around enough bags to know them apart pretty efficiently especially to know the stones in them yeah very well uh whereas i have not i've never had the stones yeah you've never you've never really gotten up into feeling around for stones in a bag before no i've i've never had a stone sack that i've been like let me heft this around yeah let me just swirl this until i figure out which stone's which (laughs) 
Uh, just swirl it around in my mouth, big leathery sack. <laughs> you went somewhere else. <laughs> I was trying to keep this just generally funny. <laughs> like no specific, specifically specific. I'm I'm sucking off a giraffe, <laughs> leathery giraffe balls. Ugh. So uh, everyone gets gets somewhere between eighteen and twenty five picks to start with. Uh, that sounds fairly generous until you see that there are like six hundred skills and. They aren't one-to-one for your character points for skills. Some are like, oh, this costs like five in order to get something in this. Mm-hmm. And You also can purchase categories as yeah. opposed to individual skills within categories. Well, the thing is, you purchase a header for yeah. a skill, and what that is is a one-time uh, purchase where you'd say like, okay, I wanted to, to get alchemy. I'm going to put a lot of points into alchemy. So if I get the header skill... I put, like, six points into that. Mm -hmm. It does nothing for just doing that except reduce the cost of other alchemy skills. Yeah. So if, say, oh, brew potion, if I don't have the header, it takes six points to get a pick in it. Mm -hmm. But if I have the header, it takes two. Yeah. So if you were planning on being an alchemist, you're like, oh, I definitely want three or four picks in this, Mm -hmm. then getting the header is super useful. Yeah. Uh, now, once you get above a certain rank, usually it's to purchase 10 or more picks in any given skill. You need to either be trained by a master in that type of skill, which is just anyone who has 10 or more picks in it, or, oh, and also has achieved the master rank by doing some kind of special master training. Yeah, there's uh, there's basically a quest you go on. Yeah, you, you or have to go up to someone and be like, hey, uh, I've got, you know, 10 ranks. I want to become a master. Can you give me a quest or tell me a a person that is a master? Yeah. Or you can just quest for skills without having to engage in that, uh, optionally according to rampant judges present at the game. Yeah. So if you're like, hey, I've got ten ranks in, or nine ranks in sword, I would like to learn my tenth. And they're like, well, there's no sword masters here this weekend, so why don't you proceed to the top of the mountain and offer your sword to the great god uh, Fuglich? And, <laughs> and, and uh... It's a very ugly lich. <laughs> Uh, and that, and verily shall thee unlock thy ranks. Yeah. But because it's a LARP, so much of this, I'm thinking like, oh, I want to go train in, I guess, like, there's three different gather ingredient skills. So if you're like, oh, I want to gather ingredients from plants, they'd be like, okay, well, there's no master here. Your quest is to go fuck around in the forest and, I don't know, bring me back some plants and I'll tell you you're a master. <laughs> Might fuck around and bring back some plants. <laughs> there are so many skills, it's insane. There's uh, there, Just the header skills in this are alchemy skills, bardic lore, civilization, divine arts, magical arts, miscellaneous, uh, night blade skills, rogue skills, skillet arms, unarmed combat. Ooh, skillet arms. Skillet arms. If you have skillet arms, then you can fry so many eggs, you guys. Dude, you're going to bring out so many fajitas. <laughs> uh, unarmed combat and wilderness Skill at arms, which is the basic combat thing, has like a hundred skills by itself. Yeah. There's almost no way that a beginning character showing up to a LARP here mm-hmm. is going to be remotely decent at anything. Yeah. I mean, unless you straight up went, hey guys, I literally can't do anything but one thing, but I'm very good at that one. Yeah, now they break these down, as John had mentioned, once you purchase the header of a skill, uh, which has a listed cost in and of itself, but that it might be modified by the racial bonuses of your of your species. Uh, say, for example, skill at arms costs 10, but if you're a dwarf, it costs 8. Yeah. Uh, where if, if you buy, uh, say, one-handed hafted weapons, 
if you have that header skill, it costs one. If you don't, it costs three, which means it becomes that there's a sliding scale as to when it becomes a benefit. Yeah, this is exactly what I just said. No, I know. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm working through it myself. Leave me a B. Oh, no, I, mean, I, do, I wasn't paying attention. I was thinking about what I wanted to say next. I was just thinking about me and not you. Well, Only I'm, care about yourself. Well, it's because I'm great. <laughs> That's because I'm so charming. I mean, objectively, <laughs> I'm rad. I, mean, I, I gave you a charming compliment. Don't you turn this around on me. I can I, pull that back in a <laughs> moment's notice. Take that away. <laughs> Don't take this from me. I need it. <laughs> John, my dullard companion. Oh. oh. Who's charming? Oh. Yeah. It's true. I'm charmingly dull. <laughs> well, I mean, you seem to have managed to win over a lot of people with your fully sedentary lifestyle. So. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so many people like me, and I don't do damn thing. Yeah. You're just sort of a couch barnacle that everyone's happy to see. <laughs> uh, okay, so so yeah, there's there's a million different skills. Uh, almost all of them can be individually ranked up, quested to achieve, and so on. Which, uh, on the one hand, if this was a tabletop RPG, I would probably find that aggressively boring and, and poorly designed. But this is just a huge list of things to do to be a hobbyist who's hanging out in the woods for for a whole ass weekend. And I guess it would really depend on the people running it if they were like, oh, we're very heavy into making you do picks from things. Mm -hmm. Or if they were just like, I don't give a shit, man. If you have two picks in, like, gather ingredients animal, then, yeah, you can go milk a cow. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Why don't you tell me how many picks in gather ingredients animal you have? You may milk one of the teats of the cow. <laughs> you may milk a teat. The other two are beyond your grasp. <laughs> now I will be playing the part of the cow. Milk away! <laughs> I shall be a neutral party. You can milk anything you can reach with this string. <laughs> the string is tied to my dick. <laughs> uh, the reason that this string is coming up is because I spent a because lot Because it's tied to my dick. Well, so... <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Wow! Uh, <laughs> Yowza! Welcome to the morning radio show. <laughs> hey yo! <laughs> Everyone, you should know that there is a third chair in this re this recording studio occupied by a woman who is topless. Look at those bazangas! <laughs> We're not going to let her talk or anything, but just so you know, there's a topless lady here. <laughs> I love my job. Take my word for it. Oh, hang on. Let me ask her a lascivious question. Excuse me, Rhonda. Do you like? Sex. Oh, we're getting the thumbs up. Oh, that's the, nice. That's a nod. Everybody, this lady likes to do it. <laughs> Sex style. <laughs> anyway, the string in this. The reason that the string in this was relevant to me is because there's a pickpocketing skill in the game uh, that is, you get like one of those binder clips. You, you have a handful of these binder clip things in your pack with strings tied to them. They're a string that is four inches long plus one inch per pick of pickpocketing. Yeah. Uh and and you pickpocket people by sneaking up on them and attaching the binder clip to their clothes somewhere without them noticing. You have to get all the way to them, attach the clip to them and then get away from them without them noticing in order to successfully pick their pocket. Which just means that like if you're afraid of someone picking your pocket, the best thing you can do is just show up in tights and be like, "Fuck you, buddy." <laughs> I mean, we'll get into the armor section because armor in this game constitutes like 15 pieces. Also, no, we'll get into it when we we'll get, get to it later. Armor. I we'll, have opinions. <laughs> no, I know. I know. And I, I'm, I'm ready to hear them. But let me finish up with the rogue story or the pickpocket story. Uh, it took me forever to figure out what the fuck the point of the string was, because it's not like you can whip like binder clips at someone and expect them to. <laughs> uh, 
I've got this binder clip bola, and I'm just going <laughs> to... So what it turns out it is, is, is uh, if you can attach it to a person without them noticing, then after you're done, you have to go let a neutral party, not a rampant judge, just some other player who's nearby, know that you have picked their pocket. They that The neutral party will go up to them and inform them, your pocket has been picked. You have been... You have been burgled. You must stand at attention with your arms held loosely by your sides. Uh, and then the thief will return, and the thief will, can, get, can take anything that the string will stretch to from the point of the, the attachment of the string. Yeah. And it's like all these special rules, like, oh, if you have to thread the string through clo- inside of clothing, then that's not good enough. But if it's armor and not clothing, then that is good enough. Uh, which is weird that they're like, oh, it doesn't work if the string has to go inside clothing. You mean like in a pocket where I might pick something? <laughs> I mean, part of this game is that you're not allowed to use pockets. Oh, you, you have, have to, pockets? No, you have pockets. You're not allowed to use them. You're using pouches. You have to carry all your shit in pouches so you can be burgled. <laughs> Get burgled, Yeah, Every, son. Everyone in this game is cable. You're, you're bedecked with pouches. Oh, yeah. No, you you have some pockets that you can use if it's a thing that can't be stolen. Oh, yeah, that's Like, fair. if like, you're a cleric, you have a spell list of what you currently have memorized, yeah. and that's just a piece of paper you put in your pocket. Plus, there's presumably a bunch of shit on you that's got nothing to do with the LARP. Like, if you've got some chapstick or whatever. <laughs> Someone attaches a thing to you, and they're like, I took your shirt. I took your- <laughs> Give me the shirt. Come on, uh, Bill. There's a, there's a list based on how many picks you have in pickpocketing of what you're allowed to take in addition to like how long the string is. And it can eventually get to things like the clothes off their back or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's limited so as to... Because this game, you know, they're already on the fourth edition. It was from 2003. They knew enough to... They didn't know enough to not put blackface in the game. <laughs> but, the, but they did know enough to be like, yeah, you can't steal someone's bra. That's not... <laughs> that's not cool. That's not what we're here We've for. We've already had complaints. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's that's kind of a fun mechanic. There's a lot of shit like that. That's basically like how do you translate these goofy tabletop skills into real world activities? Yeah, and I, I mean, I do kind of like that, but it also really makes it so that there are certain things that you're like, oh, if I'm actually physically good at something, then I don't need to put a lot of points into it just because I can do it normally. Well, yeah, notably one of the skills you can purchase from the like athletic section or whatever is stunting, which is just like... Stunt on them. Yeah, when you stunt you on dab. someone. Yeah. <laughs> you get all up in their face and plank. No, like stunting is like you want to do like, you know, Errol Flynn shit, which is to say you want to rape a 13-year-old and... Ooh, <laughs> yikes. I'm sorry, I just finished reading a biography. <laughs> Errol Flynn was a, a horrifying monster. Just a real piece of shit. Oh, he was the grossest human you've ever heard of. When he was a kid, he fed string to ducks, and when it came out the other end, there was enough coming out of their mouth still, he would feed the stuff that came out of their butt to a different duck and create chains of linked ducks. Oh my god, Errol Flynn was doing the fucking uh, the human centipede, human centipede yeah, with he, ducks? He was making duck centipedes. Wow. No, he's just a trash person. Uh, but anyway, if you want to do some cool swashbucklies, let's just say that and take it, keep his name out the mouth. Yeah. Uh, then then you take the stunt skill, and instead of being like, "Well, Mike, I actually do know some parkour, so I'm just going to jump over that picnic table and be like, ha ha, huzzah! Ah. I'm going to stand still and go stunt one, stunt two, stunt three, stunt accomplished, and then you just walk over to the other side and be like, I flipped over that. Wow, <laughs> it goes like that a lot. A lot of this game. Oh, you know what? Why don't we go and say it this way? One of the major problems with this game's structure is that almost everything in the game is represented by yelling something or throwing something that, while yelling something. Yeah. And if you don't memorize everything, 
then people are going to do shit to you, and you are not going to know how to react to it. Well, yeah, the the game, for one, maybe someone who has done this type of LARP mm-hmm. could tell me otherwise, but it seems from reading this that any given combat would be just a clusterfuck of trying to know what the fuck was going on, yeah. because like 1v1 combat... Mm-hmm. I swing my sword. I l- physically just swing it at you. If I manage to touch you and you don't get the your weapon or a shield in the way, mm-hmm. I call out my damage. I will say, like, three damage mm-hmm. when I hit you. Now, as a player, you have to know how many total points you have, because you have, like, body points and armor points and health points. Yeah, and there's, a whole like, bunch six of stuff. sources of hit points in this game. But you have to say, like, if I've got say, 18 total points, Mm -hmm. and someone hits me and says, three damage, I have to go, all right, I'm at 15, in my head, and I have to keep track of that. Yeah. Now, 1v1, you could at least be like, okay, this is manageable. But as soon as there's, like, you're fighting a guy, and then you feel a beanbag hit you, and someone goes like, bye, Gromoth, I bind your foot. You're (laughs) like, okay, what? (laughs) And then someone hits you, and they're like, three damage. Okay, that was... Wait, how, how much did I have left? Uh, two damage. Fucking God, stop it! <laughs> uh, left arm break two. Uh, okay. No. No, no, guard. Uh, that kind of thing. So it's it's a very complicated game. Uh, and yeah, spells and archery are both handled by physical representations, because obviously you can't actually cast lightning bolts or shoot arrows at people. So it, you you can hit them with foam axes all you want, but shooting foam arrows is apparently very against the rules. So... Uh, instead, to to bow or spell someone, you stand off in the distance, you you yell the thing you're doing, and then you throw a fizz wrap at them. Fizz wraps are basically beanbags. Yeah, and if you manage to hit them with it, then if it's an arrow, you have to actually say, like, five arrow damage. Yeah, and then in order to keep you from just hurling as many uh, rocks at your friends as you can, arrows have a five-second count. So you after you throw an arrow, you have to be like... Arrow one, arrow two, arrow three, arrow four, arrow five. Loose. Five arrow damage. Yes. And that's just for bows. If you have a crossbow, it's like a minute <laughs> in yeah. order to get a new shot. Yeah. Now, now sword swings work the exact same way, but there's only a one second gap. Uh, there are, however, rules for, for both safety and, and uh, efficiency purposes. Your swing with your weapon has to be between 90 and 180 degrees, and there will be judges watching to make sure that you do that. Uh, Which is, again, one more thing to track as yeah. you're trying to do this. You're like, all right, I've got to stay in this 90-degree uh, arc. Now, I also have to remember how much damage I do, how much damage I've taken. What every spell does in case I get hit with them. Yeah, because if someone calls out, uh, by my command, I say the halt and you're like okay wait a minute what does the actual spell do can i still attack or does that just stop me moving or uh, god damn it mm-hmm. there's also a very specific rules for spellcasters and archers against announcing your spell and then not doing anything yeah uh you can't just be like by grew matches command i cause thee to die and then not throw the, the beanbag because it will mess people up in their fights yeah because whoever is in the fight with you and you say a spell and then nothing happens, they're just waiting for a fucking beanbag to go flying by? Yeah. You have to throw it. In the, you have to throw that beanbag at the same time as you're finishing saying the spell or nothing happens, which is... The whole thing just seems like a lot of, like, invitations to get in, in 
pissy arguments in in, in a in a park. Well, yeah, someone's like, oh, "I'm sorry, that was an 80 degree swing. Mm-hmm. You're trying to machine gun hit me." Yeah, because that's what the the reason that 90 degrees is the minimum is to stop people from just sort of rapidly tapping you with a weapon over and over again, going three damage, three damage, three damage, three damage. And then 180 is the limit so that you don't, like, wind up and Casey Jones so your friend in the fucking chest. Yeah, I mean, you're still using, like, a buffer weapon, but if you go full, like, swing back for the fences and hit a dude with it, he's going to be like, hey, what the fuck? I mean, I, I got into buffer weapons when I was, like, a junior or senior in high school. Like, I didn't get into going in the woods with them. It was all just beating the shit out of people. <laughs> what a- I got into was beating the shit out of people in high yeah. school. No, I mean, but basically, I had a friend who was like, oh, I do the Society for Creative Anachronism shit. And I was like, I'll go hang out in your garage for a couple of ni- days and make myself a halberd or a battle axe or something. And so, you know, we did that. And then there's all these like strict rules that we were like talking about when we were making the weapons like no baseball bat swings they're too dangerous but you know when you're 17 and you're a bunch <laughs> of you're a bunch of pissed off underlaid dudes you you're like you're like well time to fucking kill each other <laughs> time uh, to lord of the flies i uh i did not have that experience <laughs> I'll go I'm ahead just, and say that right now. I'm just saying, I've seen what the boffer weapon can do in its full glory, and it's like cause a person to double over and lie on the ground coughing for several minutes. Yeah. Now, of course, there's no uh, crotch hits and no head or neck hits. Oh, yeah, which is funny because there is neck and head armor both specified as types of armor you can purchase, even though if someone were to hit you in that armor, they would vi- be violating the rules and be immediately disqualified. Well, you're not disqualified. What happens is the person, after you say, like, three damage and you hit them in the neck they go no yeah well, i mean there's that but also there there are rules there are fair play rules against going for headshots or groin well shots. yeah i mean if you're purposefully going for things then you might get thrown out yeah but if i'm swinging for like a shoulder and i miss and hit them in the head then they just go no yeah uh there are the reason that this book gets a little disjointed towards the back is because After the skill section is the spell section, which is identical to the skill section, and in fact has several spells that are just recreations of skills that were mentioned in the skill section, and that's the arcane spells, then there's the cleric spells, which is the same thing, and then there's the bard spells, which is the same thing, and then the alchemy rituals, which is the same thing, and then the night blade rituals, which is a shorter version of the same thing. So it's just, the rest of the book is just, oh, if you would like to cast this spell, here's the thing you yell, and here's the thing you throw. Yeah, the problem... That's really present in this mm-hmm. is there's about 45 pages, I would say, of spells that are, you know, unique. Yeah. Because there are just a lot of crossover between the various types. Oh, and also just ranks of spells that, that just aren't they, they, they could have a lot of this could be shortened up. The problem is. Even if you're not playing a caster, you need to memorize every spell in this book. Because if someone casts that spell at you, Mm -hmm. you need to know what that does and how you should react or what's going on without asking anyone. This book expects you to read this manual multiple times and commit most of it to memory. Yeah. Now, you know, ultimately, I have never been to one of these, like, woodsy medieval LARPs, Uh, so... I don't know for sure that actually more than like one combat occurs in the entire weekend. My guess is it's a lot like when you go to a small convention that there's a little fenced off area where two dudes are whacking away at each other with foot with fake. Yeah, just swords. two dudes whacking. Yeah, just two dudes wha- out in the woods charging their crystals. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like 
like there's some little fenced area where people are playing at arms. And then for the most part, everyone's sitting in a pavilion tent being like, mm, yes, I would also like a quench of ale. <laughs> what news of the London weather? <laughs> I could smite you if I wished, but of course I do not. <laughs> well, you, hey, you want to bang in a tent? <laughs> Verily. <laughs> eh. I thought thou wouldst never ask. <laughs> Yeah. I mean that's my that's my guess. Well I, they do mention there's a lot of stuff in here about like, oh, if you're having a combat, then other people might be around that aren't in it. Mm -hmm. And things you do, because there are certain spells that can like freeze time or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I have to call that like this is happening and everyone stops. Or if someone says, hold, because Either like someone accidentally, yeah, they have to like, pause messed the game up for a or something has happened, then they pause, and everyone who is involved in the scene has to take a knee, yeah, so that they know, like, who did it because whoever called hold stays standing so that they can be identified. But if you aren't in the scene, then you don't have to do that, yeah, because they're like, yeah, whatever. If if some people are having combat over here and you're just talking with someone, you don't need to take a knee because they fucked up, right. Uh, John, you had some complaints you wanted to say about the armor system. Okay. So there's, I mean, for one, the armor is Well, there's not, like, there's too many and it's too medieval-y. There's one billion different types of things. And they're like, maybe you have armor that just covers the shins, shins and knees, full legs, top yeah. of legs, calves. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I get it. I get that you have a billion different types, but also. Yeah. Here's the, here's the types. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll do them when you're done. There's no real point to most of it because it's not like oh i i have the greaves and someone can hit me outside the greaves and then i'll i'll not be able to use my points for that yeah because you aren't tracking a by location body points you just have a total number yeah each one of them provides a decimal point amount of extra hit points you'll have there's no called shots outside of uh, specified types of attack. Like if I, if yeah. John and I were and having skill a LARP fight, you can have is yeah. break arm. If John and I were having a LARP fight in this game's engine, and I were to hit him directly in the left arm, I could, for example, call break right arm. Yeah, if you hit me in the left arm, you could call break right arm, and I would yeah. go no, no effect. <laughs> I guess that's true, but you can't. There's no amount of just hitting him and saying three damage where I'm going to render his arm useless. Yes. Uh, the the uh, the called shots occur exclusively as discrete skills in the in the. Uh, weapons at, at the skill at arms section of the game um but ar so armor is just here's the 20 or so places you can hook armor to yourself to buy extra hit points yeah it's just if you want to cover yourself head to toe you can get more hit points mm -hmm. but as well there are different uh types of armor as far as like cloth armor leather armor whatever and when you get to anything that isn't leather and they're like oh chain mail scale mail plate whatever they're like maybe Maybe the person running this might let you get away with like plastic that looks like armor, but you should really come in actual full plate mail. And I'm like, what? No, I'm not going to go on the weekend and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I had to spend like so much money to get a full set of scale mail so I could come out here and have extra hit points. I mean, I guess I kind of appreciate the plate mail because that's like fucking jousting armor. If you're if you're showing up and you're like, yeah, guys, I'm wearing 80-pound armor. Someone helped winch me onto a horse. Uh, then, and you're like, no, I'm going to wear this all day so I don't get pickpocketed and so that people who try and fight me in combat find out I have 11 extra hit points. Yeah, sucks to be you guys. Then I'm kind of like, yeah, all right, earn your fucking fun. Come out here in a metal suit. <laughs> um 
But no, ultimately, given that every other aspect of the game is like carrying yeah. around a foam weapon and a sack that says spell components on it. Yeah, I don't need to show up to the game and be like, hey, I had to go buy an actual battle axe. Now, I can't use it, but you need to see that it's over there before I use my little foam stick. Here's the uh, here's the subtext in question that John is referring to. I, I should say uh, footnote. Uh, by approval, a game director, uh, or by approval of a game director, simulated armor may qualify. This includes, for example, high-quality fabric that simulates chain mail, leather, or plastic, fashioned to look like small pieces of metal for scale mail, and hard leather or plastic fashioned to look like metal for plate mail armor. Yeah. I like the high-quality in there. Like, if you show up and you're like, yeah, I made leather armor out of burlap, they're going to be like, get the fuck out. I got a, a print set of leggings that kind of looks like chain mail. They're like, no. You get the fuck back in here with some high-quality, 100% hand-woven cotton, or some voile, or some tool. Or voile! You, 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 or you don't. You, it's bays or nothing. Yeah, the... <laughs> I enjoy the fact that they're like, oh yeah, even the leather armor you have to have leather for unless you get special dispensation. Yeah. Uh, the various coverage areas you can have are top of the head, top and sides of the head, neck, top he- top and sides of the head and neck, shoulders, front torso, back torso, full torso, uh, upper legs, lower legs. How thrilling. R- wrists. Yeah. So basically it's just a, a, you have a bunch of different like attachment points that you can stick hit point bags on. Yeah. It's just you have to go up to whoever's running it and be like all right this is what i'm wearing these are the different zones i have covered please inspect that i am in fact wearing something that you will consider armor i do kind of appreciate that the book ends more or less on an mmo style world economy where you're just like oh yeah yeah you can sit around in a room and be like hello i am converting these units of hide to leather great just like you have three pieces of paper and you write leather on one of them and send that one forward (laughs) And you're like, I am contributing to the economy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would like to trade sheep for this brick? <laughs> now, the uh, the other thing to note that I hadn't mentioned before is in spell casting. Mm-hmm. So you have the Manena and the Karmama mm-hmm. uh, to cast spells, but that's not actually casting them. It is preparing them. Yes. So if I have, let's say, eight Manena... And I keep saying that because it's mana with two N's. It's, yeah, it's mana. Well, it's not karma with two M's, though, is it? I don't it's know. It's not karma. <laughs> I always just read it as manana and karma. Even if there wasn't another M in karma, I was still reading it that way. Yeah. But what you do is you have however much mana or karma is the essentially the points you have to buy spells with. Mm-hmm. So you will have, if you are a wizard, a sheet of paper that is your spell book. And you will write down the spells you currently know. Right. So you'll be like, all right, I want to learn this uh, command spell to make people drop things. Mm -hmm. I want to learn a binding spell so they can't walk. You know, you write whatever spells you have down. And each one has a cost. Yeah. And you can swap them out. You can be like, oh, I'm uh, changing one thing for another. Yeah. But you have to leave it in the book, like, showing where it was so that everyone knows, like, oh, you switched this one out for this one. Mm -hmm. And the spellbook for a wizard is a physical item. If a rogue comes up to you and binder clips near whatever the sack that has your piece of paper is, they can steal that from you. Yes. A cleric, however, just has a piece of paper they put in their pocket. Yeah. That's for bookkeeping, not a physical thing. Yeah, it's like your holy symbol. 
So there, there, there's a slight difference between the two that works that, that helps that way. Honestly, clerics in this game have basically the same abilities that wizards do and have way more protections. Yeah, it's, you know, a little bit less breadth of spell options. Yeah. Like wizards definitely have the most choices of what to do, but clerics still get like a general spell list. And then depending on what your god is, there's a god spell list for each god. Yeah. Uh, before we move into favorites and least favorites, the other thing I really wanted to mention uh, was, uh, the potentially problematic sex stuff that might crop up in the game. There's no seduce skill, obviously, because you're just, you're just you're talking, LARPing, you're LARPing, but there is a potion of love that forces, forces you to fall in love with the first person you see. Uh, Boo. uh, and there is multiple examples of the domination spell yet. You, you say, Oh, by grub duck. I, I, I dominate you, and then the rules for dominate are you have to do whatever that person says. You can't do what you want to do. You only get to do what they say you want to do. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that's not a good idea. Oh. You need to codify that and make it like in-game actions. Yeah, that's as problematic as any like charm spell or seduction role is in your standard tabletop RPG. Yeah. At least it's not straight up going to someone and be like, hey, you got to come over here and give me a hug and a kiss. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing that it's supposed to be like enforced by the fair play rules and stuff at, at the at the actual game. But good Lord, do I not trust that? No, it's <laughs> uh, it's going to be an excuse for some creepy pervert yeah. to be like, oh, I made my character a spellcaster just so I could do this. I've been here for months just meditating in the woods and doing quests until I got that level 10 dominate spell. Ugh. <laughs> then she'll have to kiss me. Ugh. <laughs> I know that we've just created some random straw man to throw this on, but I know a person like that, and it's gross. No. Everything's Do gross. You? That's horrible. It's not me, is it? Well, do you know two people like that now? Oh, damn it. Now I know. <laughs> All right. I know. I would never do that. I'm I know kidding. you wouldn't. Yeah. You're not a horrible person. That's true. I'm only a bad you're, person. You're kind of a jerk <laughs> occasionally, but you're also a nice guy. Yeah. Whoa, hey. Hey, <laughs> whoa. You're a nice person. Thank you. That's you a lot. are a that's, good that's, person. That's good. That occasionally is like, hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm one of those people who has a, a, a Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde persona with the internet. That's oh, all. Oh, you, you definitely have a part of you that loves <coughs> trolling mm-hmm. to a point where I definitely <laughs> need to tell you to not do things on yeah. the Twitter account. No, that's true. <laughs> I, I have a trolling problem. Um. But it's it's relatively harmless. I, I don't cyber bully people or anything. No. I'm, I'm just kind of a jackass. I, to me, I think my favorite thing that I remember the other day was the grapes is all I can draw thing. Yes. That's that's a good example of There's a, my jackass. one of those apps where it's like, oh, it gives you a word and you have to draw it and the other person has to try and guess what it is. Yeah. And for... I had a guy <laughs> who, who challenged me to a random game and he would not draw. He would just write down the word in the thing because he was just trying to rack up points. Yeah. He's like, oh, great. It says car. I just wrote car. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit. It's not worth my time. So what I would do is instead of just canceling the game, which is what a reasonable, rational, not jerk person would do, is no matter what my clue was, I drew grapes. Yeah. And then (laughs) the guy would be like, what the fuck? And then... Jeff writing back in game grapes is all I can draw and then he just goes just write down the word then so I sent the word grapes (laughs) 
Yeah, that's the level of trolling we are talking about. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm Just not good natured <laughs> stupidity. There you have it. So, so you know, don't cry for me. I have I have chosen my jerk path. <laughs> oh, I've chosen my jerk path. <laughs> it's out in the woods. Oh, you're probably going to need a couple other dudes then. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need some crystals. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go, John. What would you say is your favorite thing about rampant live action role playing? Uh, I think the best thing in here is, oh, it's real hard. It's because there's either stuff that I don't like or things that are boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of the game. <laughs> it's split into it two halves. Uh, But I would say... I kind of like the uh, the idea of the like uh, pouches. Oh yeah, where yeah. everything is Everything's... sort of a discrete item. Yeah, I like that that the game kind of creates a real world economy that lasts however long your your uh, outdoor or or long form game session lasts. Where there's like everything in the world is a real thing. Like every time you have a, a bag or a, a shirt or something like that, it's it's tagged. Like oh, this is this guy's shirt. It's got a little tag on it that says shirt. Like, eventually, you're going to kind of look like a skier's luggage, because you've just got so many physical written-down tags strapped to you. Yeah. Uh, but it is kind of neat to know that everything in the game world is, like, interactable, tradable, worked on, that kind of thing. It's, it's yeah. interesting. There's there's definitely an economy to the game, which is an interesting aspect to it. Yes. And I'm going to say similarly that I really, once I figured out how it worked, I really like the pickpocketing mechanic. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's an interesting way to go with it where almost nothing is based on your own talent, but that is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's going to lead to people pulling all sorts of shenanigans to, like, not be pickpocketable. But uh, whatever. It's still kind of fun. I, I like the concept of the binder clip and the letting someone know and the string. It's it's fun. I thought that was kind of interesting. And I, I found that to be an appealing aspect of social gameplay is that you can also just sort of, instead of having to go out into the woods and be like, yes, lightning bolt, I shall uh, smite you with my dual wield, because for whatever reason, everyone in this book is dual wielding. Uh, I think it's because, and we didn't mention this, the one second rule of how often you can hit someone is one second per weapon. Yeah. So it's, oh, I can basically hit you every half second with a weapon if i'm using two yeah and if you're dumb enough to have a shield then because the thing is shield shield's great because if you even touch the the incoming weapon at all in any way with the shield you're like shielded yeah no if if a weapon comes at you and it touches your weapon or shield even if it goes past that and hits you it's considered parried yeah so as much as I don't necessarily want to go stand in a ringed area and swing a halberd at a dude, uh, I do like physical games, and so I like the I, I like the nature of the pickpocketing skill because it's like, oh, dude, this is this is gonna be like uh, it, it, it's kind of a fun physical challenge. So yeah, I thought that was neat. It's double dare. Yeah, it's double dare. It's 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 that game I I, I used to play in high school, Froggy. <laughs> oh, I'll explain that some other time. It's not it's not gross. Okay. It's not. It's Froggy was a game that one of my friends made up. Uh, the basic premise. And of, when the Terries got Froggy. <laughs> you had to Drax them sclounts. <laughs> no, I no. Froggy was a game made up in like 1995 by a friend of mine. The The basic mechanic was you had to hold your hands like you were going to do kind of your praying mantis style, like fingers touched. And you had to grab. You had to play against another person at the same time that you were also playing Froggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to know. Um, and if you could grab their arm anywhere from the shoulder to the hands uh, firmly and hold it and say the word froggy before they managed to wrench free then uh then that was a point 
<laughs> and meanwhile, they'd be trying to do that to you with both hands. Uh, uh, you, there was not, it wasn't dangerous. It was just arms. You couldn't do anything else but, but grab people by the arm. Okay. So it wasn't dangerous. It was really fun. And it was an interesting kind of physical, you know, little, little kind of fight. Sure. All right. All right. That's the kind of shit you do in Boy Scouts. Okay. Let me not talk about the other kind of shit you do in Boy Scouts. We'll just move on. It's trail mix. All eating All trail hiking. mix. Boring hiking and trying to sell popcorn, even though Girl Scouts got that cookie market cornered. And diarrhea in the woods. Eh, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you do eat a lot of, like, reconstituted food. Yeah, you're out there eating hot dogs and trail mix. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to have loose stools in the woods. Life finds a way. <laughs> out of your butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, what would you say is your least favorite thing about this game? I mean, it's it's got to be the blackface and the headdress. <laughs> they like... Thing is, the physical representation of what your uh, species is isn't bad if it was like, what do you have to do? Oh, you just have to like take some feathers and just have I, them on you. I think that's one of the... It, it says like you have to wear a feather headdress or have enough feathers in your hair to convey that you do. Yes. And that's fine. It's The problem the, is the I, terminology of feather headdress. Yes. The, the real problem with me is not thinking it through. Yeah. Because... The other, like, the other two elves that aren't dark elves are just, you put a color of paint under your eyes, and dark elf could have just been black paint under your eyes, and that would have been a fine representation. I mean, I don't remember it, what year it officially became not cool to be a dude named Thad with a, uh, w- w- with a feather headdress at Coachella anymore. I, I don't know if 2003 was too early for that or not. Uh, I mean, it was never cool. No, it was never cool, but there was like a point where it became, there was a social tipping point. <laughs> Where all of a sudden, instead of being like, what's up? My name's Summer. I like to be a free spirit and experiment. And that's why I've got an actual Cree headdress on. I've got, I've got a headdress. And also, I'm a gypsy. Okay. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get out. But there's like a certain point where that was still, both of those things were still flying. Yeah. But, I mean, outside of that, I'd say probably my least favorite thing in this is the uh, the armor thing. I don't I don't like it. Uh, yeah, the, the armor thing is a little rough. Uh, it, it feels unnecessarily demanding and nerdy compared to how everything else in the game is pretty fluid about how you represent yourself and play in the world. Yeah, it's the problem I have is it's a barrier to entry for certain things mm-hmm. that is cash based rather than like player initiative. That's true. Because unless you are a blacksmith, then, I, you know, I can throw together an outfit that looks ren fair ready yeah whatever it's fine just get your boob shelf corset out dude you're set yeah yeah but i can't just have armor sitting around (laughs) and the amount of money i would need to spend on that is such that you know any first time people to a game are just gonna be weaker because they're not sure they want to invest in it yet Mm -hmm. it's uh I just I just don't like that as a concept, having like a cash barrier to better things in the game. Yeah, I'm sorry. I spent most of that picturing you dressed up as like the St. Pauli girl. And I was like, dude, you look proud and happy this way. <laughs> Plus, you've got beer. Yeah, that's why I look proud and happy. I have two beers. <laughs> uh, OK, so and yeah. they're bigger than my head. Yeah, no, they're great. They're great, huge Oktoberfesty beers. Yeah. That's what you want at a Ren Fair. Hell yeah. Huge ass, huge ass cask of ale and like a shank of animal. Yeah, you get me a big old turkey leg and a fuck off stein of beer, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to walk around and be like, verily! I haven't been to an actual, honest to God, Ren Fair since I was like eight. 
So uh, I don't know how much of this shit is accurate. I want to say late teens for me. Okay. Maybe 17, 18 was yeah. the last time I went. I remember the only thing I remember about going to a Ren Fair was learning that throwing knives and, ha- and hatchets is really fucking hard. Yeah. And then also realizing that that go up a rope ladder thing where it flips upside down while you're trying to go up it is bullshit. It's, it's oh. a bullshit trick. Uh, okay, so there. So uh, I'm going to go with my least favorite thing about the game, I guess, because yeah, that's what people sure. want. That's what people want to know. Uh, I'll probably go with like the dominate and love potion spells. Mm. Uh, I don't feel like those were good inclusions. No, I, don't I like- mean at least the dominate spell, like you said, if they had a thing like this is for discrete actions that you can make people do. Yeah, then sure. But love potion is one of the things where you're like, oh, that's only for creepy uses. Yeah, there's no. <laughs> good way to use that so uh, i mean honestly i almost went with just the spell casting system the fact that yo, you regardless to, of who you are you have to memorize 500 spells yeah or, or be ready to interrupt every fight you get in so you'd be like wait what does that mean yeah what, someone what casts a spell and you're like hold wait what? you you by by vil hast you caused plants to entrap what does that do what am i what do i have to pretend like <laughs> what's what's my dumb pretend maneuver now yeah so, I don't know. There you go. Would you play this game? Uh, you know... I'm going to throw it a yes on it for myself. It's possible. I just... I feel like part of me wouldn't get along with the people that would want to do this. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out there for the boffer combat, because that, re- that has nothing that appeals to me. Right. Which means I would just be going there to be like, ho-ho, huzzah, verily, I tell thee. <laughs> I am a cat man, and I am here to scratcheth thou. <laughs> okay, now I'm picturing you dressed up. Oh, as, I would uh, dress up as Garfield and push people's man. drinks off the of tables. <laughs> Just walk up, make eye contact, shove drink. I'm a sh- <laughs> oh fuck! Now, now it's a yes. I'm a sh- <laughs> it's a full yes. I'm a Shalorian. <laughs> I hate Mondays. <laughs> Verily, I doth hate Mondays. Who hath lasagna for a fellow? <laughs> Okay, yeah, now I'm in. Yeah, 100%. Provided you get to go as as a Shalorian Garfield, and I can go as, like, John Arbuckle, but a wizard. (laughs) Uh, This is my potion. John, that's not (laughs) true. I shall have a healthy litter of puppies! (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, no, now I'm 1,000% into it. Honestly, because that's the, I think that's been our same answer for every time we've ever reviewed a LARP game is I'll go if I can be a fucking dickhead to everybody else. That, it's just not taken seriously. If I can just be a huge asshole. Then, yeah, sure. I'll ruin people time. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I will ruin everyone else's fun. That sounds great for me. Yeah. Oh, I'll love to go to your LARP. Can I be a Star Trek man and just walk around being like boop, boop? Yeah. Can I These show up are, and be a Doctor Who? These people seem primitive, Captain. However, I do want a shank of animal and to sink my face into those titties. <laughs> so there you have it. There's uh, I, We'd both play it if we were allowed to fuck around and have a little lasagna as a treat. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, I, I, I've never been. If I was super into the LARP scene, I would have been LARPing by now. Yeah. I mean, 2003 would have been the time. Oh, the, when, when you the could have won over. Because that would have been like, all right, I'm like 20, I'm a huge dumb idiot nerd, mm-hmm. I've got nothing better to do with my energy, <laughs> I my br- my bones don't hurt. So. I don't know how this is like our third podcast in a row where we're referencing the early 2000s, which was my 
disreputable van time. Yes. So that's what I, I'd be like the guy. The, You'd people, be the one with the love potion. I, yeah. You creep. I would not. I didn't need a love potion to score. All I needed was a van and my white snake tapes. <laughs> As God intended. Mm-hmm. Although some people might say that a white snake tape is the ultimate love potion. Some people might say that. <laughs> Uh, so there you have it. Uh, yeah, somewhere around 2000, 98 to 2000 would probably be the time where I would have considered this. Yeah. Um, but okay, there you have it. Uh, anything else you want to say about the game, John, before we get into the end game? Uh, no, I think, I think I basically touched on all of the random nonsense that I had any sort of comment upon. Well, then let's get into the end game. John, do you think that that earthquake that Okoya reported to Black Widow at the beginning of the film was a reference to Namor being in an upcoming movie? The Submariner? Namor the Submariner. Mm, I don't know. I Lord don't of Atlantis. So. I mean, they do have the rights to him. The air breather. But, uh, they sort of have the rights. They have the rights to put him in films. He's just like the Hulk, where they, exactly. have rights, they, they have rights to put him in movies, but if they make a solo movie, then the distribution goes to Universal. Exactly. It's, yeah. They can make Namor in movies, but they can't make a Namor movie. Yeah. Now, I, I still maintain that Namor would make an excellent villain for the second Black Panther. Uh, oh, I, I agree yeah. that that's fine. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get the dream, which is Doctor Doom versus Wakanda. Yeah. Because Latveria versus Wakanda is what I want in life. But Atlantis versus Wakanda is basically just as good. Yeah. It's yeah. just instead of the standard Doom weird nonsense, you're going to get like giant crabs and stuff. Yeah, you get giant crabs versus those riding rhinos, and that is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's just like that time I spent a weekend in Reno. Giant, giant crabs. crabs. <laughs> Yeah, they were like a $9 buffet. Crab yeah, I know. It was delicious. All I could eat. Yeah. And I hate crab, so I ate none of it. That was all I would eat. <laughs> all right, everybody. I guess those were your giant enemy crabs then, huh? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a week or two weeks with yet more System Mastery content. But should you not be tired of us yet, then barely need us. do I have an offer for thou. There is a sight true and ready. <laughs> Where you could become patrons of of us, cloaked in a secret paywall, <laughs> you could pierce the veil and beyond it, content. <laughs> oh, such content, glittery and magical. <laughs> and your price for entry to this place? Why one mere, merely one, you know, dollar, one dollar like American, one dollar American. Hi, I'm a dollar American. <laughs> Uh, for a, yeah, we have bonus content over on the Patreon. You probably already know about it, but if you're new here, uh, a $1 pledge on our Patreon will unlock System Mastery Bonus, where we make characters in the game we just reviewed. There are also 2 and $5 levels that it can unlock more stuff. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hope you go there and join us, because it's great for us, and it helps us keep making the show and actually meeting people at conventions and all that stuff. Yeah. So, keep, keep supporting us. You are the best. And until then, we'll see you in about two weeks. You have a good one.